All right, so uh, this is going to be the third episode of the Wade the Elephant podcast, and today's uh, guest host is going to be my grandma, Josie Stern. Yes. Uh, so, can you tell us who you are? My name is Josie Stern. And uh, how many years young are you? Do I have to tell that? No, you don't have to. If you don't. 93. 93 years young. All right. Well, I've got some uh, questions here that I came up with. Some that I got out of uh, the book that mom put this together, right? My mom put this together. Uh, and looking through it, it says it was from 2005 that she put this together. My mom, uh, Marilyn Karstensen, put together a little book that talks about uh, my grandma's kind of journey through life. And so some of the questions I've got for the show today are uh, based off that. The first one being, what was it like growing up in uh, Belgium and what are some of your favorite memories as a child? Well, I, I went to Catholic school and uh, I was born in 1925 and in 1940 we, we entered the war, the Germans took over for four years. So from the age 14 to 18 we were occupied by the enemy. That was very hard because we were rationed. We could have two slices of bread a day, like one meatball no milk it was hard for a young person and we had a curfew 11 o'clock was the curfew we had to be in indoors otherwise we'd be taken prisoners that's it anything else um that actually ties into one of the other questions i had on here um how old were you when uh the nazis invaded belgium and what was it like living in the country occupied by a hostile foreign regime? So you talked about that a little bit. Um, I don't know how much you uh, follow politics in today's current era. Do you no. follow that much at all? No. Uh, there's always uh, strife in the, the political realm. Um, but one thing that I've seen a lot today is that there's you know, people on the left, people on the right... And a term that I hear thrown out, like, all the time, is people will say, if they're disagreeing, and it seems to be more the left, the far left, accusing the right, if they're disagreeing with them, they throw out the term Nazi, and they call them a Nazi, just because they don't agree with what they're talking about. Oh, I see. And so, have you heard that at all in today's political no. realm? And No, I have not. And what are your... You haven't heard of it, but what are your thoughts on that? Because to call somebody a Nazi just because you disagree with them is, I think, it takes away from the real Nazi regime that you actually lived in. Yes, that was not very good. So it has nothing to do with, with, with that era, what they think of today of the Nazi. No. The only thing I remember about politics was Papa and me were in Dallas the day President Kennedy was shot. Oh, you were? I didn't know that. Yes. He came 
I don't know, they came to visit and he was in a car, in an open car, and somebody shot him. And we were, uh, actually, we were go coming home because we were on the air already when the, the captain announced that the president had been shot in Dallas. And there was just like, no, all silent, nobody said anything. And a, a little after that, he came back and he says, the president died. And that was terrible. We got to Minneapolis and everybody was crying and it was really, really bad. Uh, that's one of, one of the politics things that I remember, but it's not exactly for politics, but... Yeah. I, that's actually the first time I'd ever heard that. I didn't know that you were in Dallas when Yeah, that we occurred. were at a convention because Pop-Up worked for a, a bottling company, you know, and we'd go to different con conventions. When we were driving from our hotel to the airport, there were all kinds of school children lined up with flags on the way that the president would drive through. So that's what I remember about that day. It was not very good. Uh, going back again to when you were a child, did you have any uh, nicknames as a child? Were you... No. 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 Well, my, my native tongue is French. So my name in French is José. Here they say Josie, but it's spelled the same way, mm -hmm. two E's. No, I didn't have anything like that. Okay, how about, um, who taught you how to cook when you were growing up, and who did most of the cooking in your house when you were growing up? My mother taught me how to cook, and we, she did the cooking most of it, unless, until I got older. And we, we didn't have a refrigerator. So we bought fresh vegetables to make the meal every day. We'd go to the store. The only thing mother made had was soup. She would make a great big pot of soup because my dad always drank a bowl of soup before his meal. Then to cool it off, we'd put it in the downstairs on the first floor where it was cool. But otherwise, we bought everything every day. And we didn't have milk, so I, I don't drink milk to this day. I don't like it, because I wasn't brought up with that. Here, little kids, they, they drink milk with their meal. We drank beer. You drank beer? Yeah. Yeah, that was, it's a table beer. It's not as strong. They call it a table beer. It comes in big bottles, and that's what we drank with our meals. And coffee like we have here. So that's about it. Is that uh, table beer thing more to Belgium? Because Belgium's kind of known for beers? Yes, or is it yes, across yes. Europe in different areas? No, too? Uh, in France they have drink more wine. In Belgium it's beer. In Germany it's beer. Different kind of beer. And you drink that from what age? Like little, little? Yeah. A little, little, sure. But just a little bit, you know, with your meal. You didn't drink, drink a beer all day long like they would be here have a beer. No. Which is with our meal. And that's what I remember. Was it, was there like a strong alcohol content in it? Would you as a little kid feel it? Could you feel the alcohol of it? 
Or it was not, it? See, it's a table beer, so it's not as strong as the beers that they serve here. Yeah. I don't know what the percentage was for alcohol, but it was regular beer. Interesting. Interesting. So you're, you're yeah. finding out things that you didn't know. Yeah, it's a different time, I guess, back when you were growing up. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what uh, your family did, what your father did? My father had a business, dry cleaning business. We took in, uh, we didn't have washing wear. Most, most of the clothes that you wore were, you couldn't wash them. They were wool or silk or that. So he had a business where people would bring their clothes and he would dry clean them. And then they'd come and pick it up. That's how I met Papa. Came and got his uniforms clean. And he did that and we had a place where they did the cleaning and then there were three different places in Brussels that where people would come bring their clothes and then somebody would go every I don't know how often maybe twice a week and pick up the dirty clothes and then take it to the cleaner and we didn't have it <laughs> we didn't have it any cars we had they do it with bicycles these guys have delivered the clothes uh, that's another thing we didn't have any cars during the occupation of the nazis only doctors could have a car so we just did everything with streetcar in a big city that's how people get around i don't know what they do here but buses i suppose but we didn't have gas so got to walk a lot. <clears throat> Do you remember what your first car was? Oh dear. Oh, I have a picture of it someplace, but I don't know. I think it was a 1934 something or other. 1934 something or other, that was a good car, I don't remember. I wasn't interested in cars in those days. Uh, Okay, so you'd mentioned that you met Papa, uh, my grandfather, when he had brought in some clothes to be dry cleaned. When you first met him, you didn't speak any English, and he didn't speak any French, right? Correct. So how did that all play out? How did he ask you out? How did the, the first date or okay, whatever? He, he came in and he brought his clothes and he put it on the counter. And I went like this. Raised my shoulders because I didn't know what, what he was doing. So then he went and like wash and iron. And then I, I understood. Then I told, told him name and he put private Sturm. And I called him Pat, because I thought it was Pat Sturm. And that's in that book, too. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. I thought his name was Pat. And so things developed. He lived about a block and a half from where we had the store. And he'd come, and, and there was a, a gal, a friend of some guy that he, he was with. Uh, his girlfriend could speak. English, so she asked me if I wanted to go with Donald to a dance. That's how we met, and that's how we started up. And were you like, who's Donald? I know this guy named Pat. (laughs) (laughs) 
funny story than that. Mm -hmm. You didn't know that either, I bet. I remember reading that in the book. Um, so what did uh, Papa do in the war? What was his position in the army? It, Papa was never in the army. Oh, uh, Papa, mm. yeah. It was a corporal. Corporal. Yeah. And so you, how did that first date go where you couldn't understand him and he couldn't understand I you? I don't remember. Just, that was the going out to a dance, huh? Yeah. You don't need to do a lot of talking when you're dancing, I no, guess. No, How did you first uh, learn English? Did you take any sort of, like, actual classes to learn English? I or knew did you English from English, from England. I, I, I knew, but I, Americans don't speak like English people. The, 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 different, yeah. the writing was the same. Oh, so you could read English, but... I could, I could, but I didn't. Why did I want to learn English? Nobody I knew yeah. spoke English, but we, yeah, we did learn that. And, of course, during the occupation, we could not... We had to learn German. They took out the, the English. During uh, the occupation, I remember hearing a story about when they would have... Was it the air raid sirens would go off? And you'd need to shut off all your lights, or you had really heavy curtains, and you'd need to yeah. close the curtains so no light was getting out. Can you exactly. share that a little bit? Yeah, that's true. We couldn't have any lights showing from the outside. We, you know, like here, you can go outside and you'd see the lights from the inside, but over there, everything had to be closed up. And there were sirens, and the, you could hear planes come, come over. But gee, it's so long ago. Well, wasn't there a, a story that something occurred where you thought you had your curtain closed, but it wasn't closed completely? No, somebody shot in my window. I remember that. How, how did that feel? Because well, they, they were yelling to close the curtain, right? Yeah. Or, or something about shutting down but, the light. But, but you thought that your curtain was closed. Yeah, and so when the, when the shot came in, I, I turned off the light like instantly. And that was the end of that. And then, of course, when it got daylight, there was glass all over. Because we had, we, I was on the third, let's see, third floor in my room was, yeah. Yeah. That's true, I forgot about that shot in my window. Oh, I remember that story. Okay, uh, what do we have here? What was the most uh, difficult or confusing part about learning to speak English? Um, you said that you kind of knew English is British English, but what was the most confusing part of trying to learn like the American English? I don't remember that here. We just did a lot of sign language. I remember that. You didn't understand. You kind of did it with your hands, you know. But... Okay, uh, kind of tying into the whole as you're growing up, what was one of your favorite uh, pastimes as a teenager? What would, you know, nowadays all kids seem to do is play their video games or their tablets. Well, dance. Dance, dance, you'd go lot. to dances. Yeah. How about um, movies? Did they have movie theaters then? Yes, yeah. Do you remember what the first movie you saw in a theater was? No. My, my, uh, my brother-in-law's parents owned a theater. 
about a block from where we lived. So I'd, I couldn't go in there anytime. I was a little kid. And then over there, there's some some uh, movies that can't, ch children can't see. Yeah. It's not for children. Yeah. So then the, the children can't go in. But yeah, my, my brother-in-law, my first brother-in-law, his name was George. He was killed two days before the end. He was 29 years old. Now, what is you have one sister? Yeah. Uh, and what was the age difference between you two? How much older than you? Eleven. Eleven years older. Yeah. So she was no friend to me. She was an adult already when I was a child. So that was hard. But I had friends at school because I, I went to boarding school too, you know. And then the Jewish girls that were there, some Jewish friends and the, the Germans, the Nazis would pick up all, all, all the kids. And so the convent, when I went to school, they took three little, three little Jewish girls to keep there so they wouldn't be taken. And, they were seven and seven years old, I think. There were three cousins, and one one of those girls was so homesick that her parents had to take her back. The other two stayed, and the one that went back died in the camp, and the other two are still alive today. Yeah. So they had brought them into the convent to protect them from being taken, yeah. Yeah. and the little girl was so homesick that she had her parents come and pick her up yeah. and ended up eventually in the yeah. camp. They, the, the Nazi used to take a room full of children and gas them. So that's how they killed them. Instead of individually, they, they just killed them like that. So there was no way that you could escape. A lot of, a lot of my friends died. There was nothing you could do. Do you, and I don't mean to bring this up if it's a, a hard thing to talk about, but do you remember at that time ever having hope that it would end, or was it, did you have like a feeling of hopelessness, like this is just the way it is now? Oh, we, we, you... we, there were some people that were spies that used to infiltrate the, the German, uh, the occupation. Well, I don't, you know the story about that. There's two Americans that infiltrate, that came into from, I don't know how they got there, but they were American soldiers and they pretended like they were from the country. And uh, they got caught. How? I'm trying to remember. I think it had something to do with the way that they held their fork. The way they eat. The way they eat. Because here, Americans cut their meat and then they put the knife down and eat. Over there, you use both. I still do. I can't eat any other way. And that's how they get caught. And we're taken to the camps then. But that's a weird thing. A little thing like that that you... Yeah, they, they in their minds were, you know, they were behind enemy lines, but they felt they were blending in. And it wasn't anything uh, as far as their 
the way that they were speaking, it was the way that they were holding their silverware, the way that they were cutting their food yeah. that exactly. stuck out. Exactly. And so, again, kind of back to what I was asking, is there, did you have hope or was it a, an environment where you just felt like this will never end? Oh, we used to, say, to listen to the radio, the BBC, which is a British, British corporation. We used to she were caught doing that, you were, but so my dad always listened to that. So we knew what the advanced, what they were doing. We knew that we were going to be okay. But when? Four years like that, that's a long time, especially for my age, you know, when you're 14 to 18, that's not much you can do. And you had to, that's how, that's what we found out, was through the radio. We always said that, so when, when the time, time, or noon or the six o'clock, they always had the news, and then we'd listen to see what the progress, and then we knew they were gonna be, we were gonna be okay, but it takes a long time. Was there uh, extensive damage to your city that you lived in, or the country? Was there bombings and things like that, where even after the Allied forces were able to push them out it was a lot of rebuilding or was there minimal damage in your area and, and where I lived my, my where the trees the street where I lived two blocks away there was a bomb that that went on that building and that was completely gone but that was when they, the Germans came in but after that I didn't I don't remember anything but that was bad then when the jerk they came and they came by every way they could come to move in the whole troop. You have to be careful who you talk to, too. Some, some were pro-enemies. Pro so you didn't know. You can't tell that by looking at someone. So you have to be careful. But, well, I didn't come from a large family, not like Papa, you know. There's so many people here. But over there, I, I had a few cousins, and I was at, and I think I was the youngest one. My sister was 11 years older. So those were the older ones. And so earlier you talked about your first uh, brother-in-law. Um, how many times was your sister married? Didn't she have a Jewish husband at one point? Yeah. George. Or that was George? No, George was a regular uh, Belgian. And then after he, he, he died in 1940, I don't know when she met David, was Jewish, and she met him, he was from Poland. And this he came to Brussels and he worked with his brother. His brother was a tailor. And that's how they met, and then they got married, and, and Nancy was born. But... But that wasn't during the time of the war going on? She had the Jewish husband, David, during that time? Was no, he... no, it was afterwards. Yeah, the, uh, the Germans would come and, and they'd come and see if there was any people ha uh, hidden someplace. And George, uh, David was his name, David Chris. He had to dig himself into a hill 
to protect themselves, and they would have taken them. That's that was really bad. This is a different David than your brother-in-law, David. My brother-in-law, David. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. His name was David. His last name was Chris. K R Y S. Um, so when you met Papa, how old were you at that time? Eighteen. <coughs> and when did you first come to America? How old were you? We were married here, so we were married in 1947, so 1947. That's in the book. So, 22, right around there? Yeah, I- I was, I was, before I was 22, 247 in this, I think I came here in February and we were married in May. Okay, here. so before you turned 22, but. Yeah, okay. because uh, in, in Belgium, you can't get married unless you have your, your parents' permission, no matter how old you are. Oh, and so did you come over here just to get married? I didn't know I was going to be married, but my dad let me come, which was really hard to believe because he was so strict but they, they, over there you can't get married unless your parents sign for you so I come over here I can do whatever I want luckily I got a good guy but there was a lot of headaches too for people uh, when you come over you came over on boat right yeah not by plane how long does it take to get from there over here when you ten travel? Days, 10 days, I think. 10 days? Well, the Gripsholm was the name of the, the ship. It was a Swedish ship. And I was with four women in a, in a stateroom and, and Papa was with four men. We were not together because we were not married. We wouldn't let you stay together. But then when we got here, I stayed with the Grandpa and Grandma Sturm, and, and that was in February, and then we got married in May, May 10th. It was my dad's birthday. Um, what was, what would you say would be the, if anything, best part or worst part about traveling by boat? Did you have, like, seasickness and things like that? Or? We were not seasick, but a lot of people were. Well, it was nice. We had beautiful rooms and the food was excellent. You had waiter wait on you. Everybody, every table has a waiter and then they serve you your meals. And they had dancers and they had bands and they had entertainments. Some singers or some, I don't remember who they were, but they had, it was wonderful. Some things I hadn't ever experienced before. Yeah, well, 10 days. So you were married over here, but you ended up going back because your daughter, Marilyn, my mom, was born she over was there. She was born over there, yeah, 1949. Yeah. I think in 48 we went back. We stayed there until we decided to come back, and Papa, I don't know, there was nothing he could do over there, so we lived here. 
Canadian mother was born over there. And they, her name is Marilyn, but they called her Fifi. And in French, Fifi means little girl. But yeah. it's not spelled F-I-F-I. Spell F-I-F-I-L-L-E. Fifi. That's the French lesson for today. All right. I'll try to remember that one. She's still got that nickname for the people that know her. That's what they still call her. Yeah, Fifi. Yeah, I know. So how many times have you been back and forth by boat? So you went here, got married, went back, had mom. I think when we're out on a New Amsterdam, that's a Dutch ship. I didn't remember that. When? But otherwise we flew. Yeah, we'd, we'd go from... Minneapolis to Brussels or I don't I don't remember. Sometimes we had to change in New York. And I'm not sure. I can't it's in that book. You can look at it. I'm sure that's accurate from somewhere. Your mother did a good job of living in there. Yeah, there is. is the weirdest or worst beauty trend you've seen emerge throughout the years? What do you mean by that? Well, just throughout the ages, you see, you know, the hairstyles sometimes there. I know when I was growing up and I was in school in the the late 80s, early 90s, the girls all had really, really big hair. Like, they would go through a can of hairspray to get their hair all teased up. What were some of the weirdest trends you've seen emerge through your life? Well, we had the, the mini skirts, the sh- real short skirts, like they, they were now, I think. And then we went to, I think the, the designer decided they wanted to change so they could sell some stuff. Then they were at maxi. Skirts were down to the ankles. Then everybody had to buy new clothes. But as far as, as makeup, uh, no, it's the same thing. We had the same makeup. We had perms and well, the, the change wasn't that good. No, there's a lot of changes now. I think I, I see on TV all these get these guys and, and guys all these little grades. Is that for real or is that fake? I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a trendsetter when it comes Jeepers. to that. Oh. <coughs> okay, another question. Uh, kind of tying into the cooking thing again. When did you first use a microwave oven? And oh. what were your thoughts on this new method of cooking? Oh, I don't remember when we got our first microwave. Do you remember what your your thoughts of it were? From going to only cooking over a stove to all of a sudden there's this magic box. You push things in and you turn a dial or you push a button. I don't remember. And the TV's the same thing. We didn't have a television. First television was a little tiny thing. And that was, oh my gosh, everybody would come and watch the shows. And that's a fourth of that screen, I bet that was that show, that first one. It was a brown color. I mean, the. The The wood. Yeah. Yeah. But the rest, no, I don't remember that. Uh, What was your first job you had when you were uh, over here in America? 
for clothing store and garments store lord i did alterations fittings that was the first shop then i bought my own stuff you know i bought a sample shop i had i don't know if you remember that the store I remember you had was the one in the Madison East Mall. Yeah, that was Mankato. later. But the first one I had, I bought. Well, I used to go to 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 the shows in Minneapolis where the the salesperson show what they have, and then that we could eat like at uh, six dresses of this size, of this different sizes, and and I saw that. And afterwards, I came back and I said, Papa, I said, Geez, I think we could do something." So uh, we talked to the sale the people that showed the in in the in the the convention center, and they said, "What do you do when you're done?" And she said, "Well, we we sell it." So I bought all the stuff from those, and then we sold those, and that was called a sample shop, Josie sample shop, where all between the sizes eight to twelve, nothing bigger, nothing smaller. And you had to buy whatever they had. Some were dogs that weren't any good, and some were real good. And we did well, but it was all smaller sizes. And that was across from the post office in in Mankato, downtown. You know where it is? The big post office building, yeah. And uh, across the street there was a building, and then there was caves underneath. And that's where I went, rented that bottom underneath. Oh, underneath, down in the basement. Yeah. And somebody made the San Jose sample shop. We did sold a lot to, to young gals that were in high school because they were a lot cheaper and they were good quality. Mm-hmm. That was fun time. Then afterwards, I don't know what happened. They went into jeans and I couldn't sell dress to save our soul. <laughs> then we went to, uh, to the one Madison East. I was working there too. For Thompson's, yeah, I was working there. And then the guy that had my store, uh, somebody says, you know, he's selling that, Josie. I said, yes. So I bought it from him and then we we were there 15 years. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so the name of the store that you had was Norseman Imports. And so I was wondering how that came about. Because, because the guy that had it and sold it to me, he had mostly Scandinavian merchandise in there. And then I put in clogs. And everything that I have here on you know, smokers, I, and it wasn't didn't have to be from one country. And I, I enjoyed that. But we, we bought nice things. I was not drunk. Not dime store stuff. It was nice. So I've got a lot of fond memories growing up, uh, really growing up in that mall. That was the big mall in Mankato at the time. Now we've got the River Hills Mall and Madison East is is kind of the dead mall, but it's still around. But I have a lot of fond memories of growing up in that mall because you had your store and then mom had the store right next door to yours. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. She got into to the children's clothes. We uh, we enjoyed that, and people knew us. You know, it's not like big corporation. You go someplace now, nobody knows who you are. We had customers that 
came regularly. They, if I had something that they were waiting for, I'd call them up and say, I think you better come and take a look at this. And that's the way we dealt. And well, we didn't we, we didn't become millionaires, but I sure enjoyed my job. Well, you have to like what you do. You, you can't be good unless you, you like what you do. I've always had a business side head, I guess. Well, like I said, I remember, you know, we lived in St. James, which is about a 40 minute drive from Mankato, but mom had the store in Mankato. And so she would stay the night with you in Mankato a couple nights a week, but almost every single weekend we were in Mankato. So we were staying at your house. We grew up, you know, for the older ones of us, me, my older sister, Logan, Evan, we grew up half the time in your house and spending a lot of time in that mall. I still uh, go to that mall. There's a satellite office for the Mankato Clinic that is down the hall um, where the arcade used to be. And I remember as a little kid walking down the hall to this dark dungeon where they had all these magic video games. And I would go down there and waste my quarters and go across the hall to the pet store. And it was a lot of fun. It was a nice little mall. It was... I don't like the big malls, and now, like I said, nobody knows knows you work. Uh, it's not person to person. No, I I agree with that. I remember again growing up in that mall, and it was a it was a a community. I could go anywhere in that mall, and people knew I was Josie's grandson. People knew I was Marilyn's son. It wasn't like he was just a kid wandering around. Like no, they knew who I, who I was. And, yeah. You know, if I was lost, they knew how to get me back to where I needed to be. Yeah, that's right. I really enjoyed that. All right, keeping up with the questions, and now that we've brought up uh, my mom in the store she had and me... So, uh, in 1976, your daughter Marilyn had a son and chose to name him Keir. Uh, what were your initial thoughts on your daughter giving your first grandson such a weird name? I don't know. Because Keir, uh, the origins of the name, when I've looked it up before, are like Irish or Celtic uh, origins, which we're not. Our no. heritage isn't Irish or Celtic. And... The story that I've been told as far as where my name originated was there was a movie that came out in the late 60s called 2001 A Space Odyssey and that movie had an actor and the actor's name was Kier Dulay. Mom and Dad heard that name, they liked it, and that's where my name came from. I didn't know that. Yep, that's where it came from. So you didn't think like... There's something wrong with your daughter. Like, where'd you come up with this name? Well, no, the, the, the name the, in our family are different. There are not many French names. Josie is the only one that different. They took for her, her name after mine, but otherwise. Yeah, I guess it's that's true. We did, They didn't have a pattern, and then uh, mom stepped outside of the pattern. But I just thought it was. Well, I, I've got I had a friend in Belgium. His name was Christian, so we made Chris after him. And David, my brother-in-law, was named up, so we made David after him. So that they had a connection, you know. Those are my uncles that we're talking about now. So my uncle Chris, yeah, yeah. my uncle Dave. My middle name is named after my uncle Chris, who is named after what you just said. Uh-huh. 
blade. I don't know how come we got the blade. I didn't, I didn't have any, anything. But anyway, it, and it, it says in the book there, blade was, uh, Fifi was small and David was tall. And it tells them their, their weight and everything in there. And blade that cur curly hair. The only one. And so what are the the age differences between your children? So there's Marilyn, my mother, there's David, there's Christian, and there's Blaine. What is the... Okay, uh, FIFA was born in 49, David was born in 52, Chris was born in 56, and Blaine was born in 62. There's 10 years between David and Blaine. Okay. And David is retired, and Chris could retire too. He's in his 60s, but... Think he's ready. So, yeah. Well, I remember again, like I said, we spent a lot of the time on the weekends at your place, and Blaine was still living at home when I was littler. That he had his room in the basement, and Tiffany and I probably drove him crazy because we'd keep asking him to play the songs on his stereos for us, or he had that really cool stuffed animal tiger on his bed. Oh, I remember that. I think he still has it. I think it's still know. somewhere in their I house. Know what that, 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 that's still around. I bet that is. That's, that's pretty good size. Yeah, it's pretty big. So, Steif, that's another. That's a German. Steif is stuffed animals from Germany. I don't have any here, but I, I always liked them. And those are from Germany. All those smokers. I have uh, the nutcrackers too. That was German. I don't have any of those left. I gave them all away. But I have a few smokers, and that that is supposed to go to Nicole, because she was born in Germany. Oh, she was. I didn't know that. Yeah. And that's made in Germany. That's all hand carved. I don't know if she'd want it or not, but because you have to have a place to to hang it, you can't just sit it someplace. Yeah. She was born in Germany uh, because David was in the service. Yeah, and Diane went over there. When they, she, I don't know when she was born, but she was born in Germany. Well, Tiff was born in 73, so Nicole would have been 74. Oh, so my. it was Tiffany first and foremost, first grandchild. Nicole was the second. And then came the greatest me, third grandchild, first grandson, with the weirdest name. But. Yeah. Yep. Out of two people that couldn't speak to one another. Look at how many 18 grandkids. There's gotta be 50 great grandchildren. Yeah. I'd have to, it'd take a minute for me to count them all up. But I think it's close to 50. Well, see that Marilyn has five, David has four, Chris has four, and Blaine has five, so that's 18. Yep, and then when you get to great grandkids, I've got five. Yeah. Tiffany's got you three. You got five kids? Yes, I got five kids. Jeez, I don't remember the great grandkids. I don't remember their names. Sometimes I have to think of that. Oh, who the heck is that now? I'm surprised I found that book. I, I, I know I know when you said it's smaller, I know your mother made something. Well, I had it in the drawer in the desk. 
lot of stuff in here that I don't remember. That's what's bad. I have to write things down. Well, I'd say for uh, 93 years old, you remember a lot. I'm 43 years old, and I have a hard time remembering things. So. Well, I don't remember things that are recent here. I remember things from way back. But sometimes I think now, where did I put that? I just put it away, and I thought, well, I'll put it there because I'll remember it, then I don't remember it. Well, I find it eventually, but that bothers me. I guess it goes with the territory. People tell me I'm doing good for my age. I have a hard time walking now. I was so tired when I, Nancy took me shopping the other day. I got home, I thought, oh, I'm so tired, and I didn't do anything. Go to the, the drugstore, for heaven's sake. And I don't have it anymore. Yeah. My, my, my mother was, well, it's in the book there. She, she was 86 when she passed away, and my dad was 75. But he smoked since he was a little kid. I used to make it cigarettes. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I had a little, a little thing like that with, you put the paper in, the tobacco in, and you crank it up, makes a cigarette. I used to do that, because he never bought regular cigarettes. I always made it for him. And I suppose they didn't have a filter on them back then either. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was black tobacco. The first American cigarettes, I thought it was another little crazy, a camel. Oh, I smoked too, you know. Everybody smoked back then. And that was yellow tobacco, cam camels. And there was some Egyptian cigarettes. They were like a cat's eye. They were oval and they were longer. Those were good cigarettes. That was all. I smoked all the time. So did Papa. He said that there was time to quit. wasn't good for you, so we quit. That's not hard. That's not easy to do either. Yeah, did you ever smoke? Oh yeah, but it's been years and years since I've smoked. So. Yeah. My dad was so strict with everything. Never said anything about me smoking. My mother didn't smoke. Yvonne smoked too. Walt, David, and David, her husband David smoked. Everybody smoked. It was just the thing. I mean, what they didn't say was bad for you in those days, but afterwards they found out. <sighs> Why don't we pause? All right, so I am. Uh... Recording the second half of the podcast with my grandmother, Josie Sturm. Uh, we started recording one uh, last Friday, I believe it was. And then uh, I got called into work because one of the other instructors didn't show up. So I had to cut the, the interview short. But we're going to continue. Um, we've got a little book here that uh, we've got uh, some questions how well do you know your parents? This was a questionnaire that was handed out to all of us grandchildren. So uh, the how well do you know your parents is actually how well do you know your children? So it involves uh, things from your kids growing up, my mom, my uncles, and also their spouses, so the in-laws. And uh, 
we're just going to go through, I think there's like 110 questions. I don't know if we're going to read them all, but we'll see. How well do you know your children? Uh, the first question, who packed a suitcase and was ready to leave? I guess that was Marilyn. That was Marilyn. Do you, uh, remember anything about that when no, she was? No, I don't. She... Yeah. I think every kid, at least I know I had a situation, uh, where I was ready to run away from home once. In fact, I think I was going to run away from your home once uh, in Mankato. I was, I don't even remember what I was mad about, but I started walking and uh, Papa pulled up next to me in the car and in the sternest voice ever was like, get in the car. And I knew I wasn't going to keep walking after that. But then he talked to me and he helped me work through um, whatever emotions I was dealing with at the time. I, again, I can't remember... I don't remember why I left. I can tell you exactly where I was, uh, how far away I was from the house when he pulled over and he said, get in the car. And I wasn't going to keep walking. Uh, okay. And again, I don't remember why I was mad. I, but I don't remember that at all. All right, next question. Who went swimming wearing their glasses and lost them in the water? David. That was David. Uh, who said who body is, I don't know what this is. Who body is neither the table. Chris. What was that? What's the story behind that? Who, who body is neither the table. I don't, what date was that? It doesn't have a date in here. It just has, uh, it just says who it was. Well, he was born in 56. So maybe he was a few, few years old. Uh, who wore a grass hula skirt and danced to the music on the radio? Blaine. That is Blaine. Uh, who always ate grilled cheese sandwiches at the restaurant? David. That says it was Blaine. Oh, okay. Uh, who turned their eyelids inside out? Chris. No, David. David. That was David. Uh, who opened Christmas presents early and rewrapped them without their parents knowing? David. David. I may or may not have done that at one point in my childhood as well. Um, I remember one time when we were kids and we, uh, found the Santa presents. Um, for any of our younger listeners at home, Santa's real, and sometimes Santa stores the presents at your parents' house prior to putting them out on uh, on Christmas Day. Sometimes, you know, there's a weight limit on the sled, so uh, his sleigh. So he'll just store them at your parents' house, and then he comes around Christmas Eve night, and then he moves them from wherever he stored them. Well, me and my brothers were playing hide-and-go-seek at the house, and I was going to hide inside of the box that our artificial Christmas tree was stored in. And when I pulled the box out from where it was in the basement and opened it to climb into it, I saw these presents, these presents that were wrapped in a different wrapping paper than what my parents used to wrap our Christmas presents in. And of course I had to unwrap that and figure out what was in there. Um, what was in there was our very first Nintendo uh, video game system. And uh, I could barely contain my excitement because we didn't have one. Back in the day, this is when you could go to like the video store where you could rent uh, 
VHS tapes. You could also rent video game systems. And so you could go and rent the Nintendo Entertainment System. And uh, we would beg and beg and plead to be able to rent one of these systems. You know, we would basically, my parents could get us to clean the house, do whatever, as long as we could rent the, the game for the weekend or a couple days uh, so when I saw this, I was just like, I really hope this is for us, but I didn't know if it was for us. I didn't know if it was for someone else. Um, and then I had to convince, I don't remember if we told my youngest brother Evan about it, but I know Logan, I told about it and we had to contain our excitement that we knew. And then on Christmas day, when that present was open, we had to be all like, oh my goodness, look at this, how how awesome it is to get this game and just really feign our excitement because we knew the whole time what we were getting. Again, it really was from Santa for any of our younger listeners. It's just sometimes he stores the gifts at your parents' house. Um, all right. Next question. Who had a secret panel in the basement wall for hiding things? I don't remember that. That was Chris and Dave. Most of them. Both of them, yes. (laughs) Who got their exercise while attached to the clothesline on a harness? Blaine? Yep, that says Blaine. I'm assuming you were out hanging laundry and you just hooked him to the line on on a leash? No, I just... We had those those clotheslines that were permanent. So they stayed there, so if I wanted to... He had to be outside and hook it on there, and he'd be... <laughs> he couldn't go too far, but he could go back and forth. Yeah. Very, uh, very creative. Uh, who used a nail to draw a sailboat on a brand new dresser? What? Uh, they used a nail. Apparently, they used it to scratch an image of a sailboat on a, on a brand, brand new, new dresser. dresser. I don't know. That says it was David. Okay, uh, who bit their tongue while playing ball? Chris. That was Chris. Who was the only one to have whooping cough? It was Blaine. No, it says that was Chris. Oh, really? Who had double hernia surgery at five weeks old? That says it was Blaine. Huh. How about this one? Who chased a skunk and came home smelling like one? <laughs> David. Yes, that was David. Uh, who rode a bike down the hill, crashed, fell, and split their pants and was not wearing any underwear? David. That says it was my dad, so I guess it Understandable, you might not know that. I'm sure that happened when he was younger, not when he was married to mom. Uh, but it does remind me of a time when where you used to live in Mankato was right on uh, up by Skyline, and there was that really, really steep hill. Yes. And Logan and I had gotten skateboards for Christmas or something, and or maybe our birthdays, and we thought it would be a good idea to take our skateboards down that hill and so so we walked all the way up this hill and this was this was in a time before 
people wore pads, wore elbow pads and knee pads and helmets. So we didn't have any of that. We just had ourselves and our skateboards. We walked all the way up this hill and I don't know what we were thinking, but we started going down the hill and within the first 10 feet of going down the hill, the whole shape, the whole skateboard was shaking so badly. We knew this wasn't going well. And so I was able to veer off to the side of the road and jump from my skateboard into somebody's yard. And Logan was attempting to do the same thing. And I think he ran, he ran into the back of a car. And so then we both just stumbled back to your house and we were I torn pants, scraped elbows, blood. We were bleeding and you guys were all like, what happened to you? We looked like we had just gotten in a fight or something. And uh, no, it was because I'm sure I was the, the genius behind it. Like, no, it'll be okay. It'll be all right. Let's do this. Well, yeah. That was a mistake. It was a mistake. Uh, lessons learned. Um all right, let's see what other questions we have here. Who liked to bite the pound of butter when the milkman came to the house? David. It says Chris did. Oh. That's something, uh, I saw a thing on Facebook where it was like, what is something that you remember that people of you know, younger people would have no idea about. And I do remember having the milkman deliver milk to the house, both at our house in St. James and at your house. And yeah. You'd wake up in the morning, you'd go out, and you'd grab the milk out of that little tin box that you'd have outside. And they, they sold butter by the pound. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine what kind of a job is that to go deliver milk to house to house? Mm-hmm. Um, who shoved Cocoa Puffs up their nose? You might not know this one. This is one of the in-laws. I don't know. It says it was Melinda. Oh. That, that reminds me of another story from my childhood. I actually had to be brought to the doctor's office, not once, but twice, for having a peanut stuck up my nose. I'm assuming... A, pe- a peanut. A, a peanut. peanut. Yes, a peanut. I shoved a peanut up my nose, and Mom could not get it out, and so she took me to the doctor, and I believe one of the times they were able to get me to just uh, plug the other nostril and inhale and suck it in, and the other time maybe they tweezed it out. But it happened twice. I can just imagine uh, what that was like for, you know, the receptionist at the doctor's office, letting the doctor know, like, um, yeah, the Karstensen kid is here again with another peanut stuck up his nose. This was in St. James, then. This was, yeah, this was in St. James, but, yep, not once, but twice I thought that was a good idea. Again, back when I was young, I was probably 17. I'm just kidding. I was probably, like, (laughs) I'm guessing I was three, somewhere in that age. Um, all right. Who got up several times before finally going to sleep? Who was what? Who got up several times before finally going to sleep? Wait. It says mom, uh, but isn't that every kid? All of my kids would get up before finally going to sleep. I I remember Hannah when she was young. And she would constantly keep coming out of the bedroom and saying she couldn't sleep. And her excuse, and again, she was probably 
two and a half, three years old, and her excuse was, my eyes keep popping open. Like, my eyelids keep popping open. And so I was like, well, you know what? I got some duct tape here. We can fix that, you know. But you need to go back to your room. But she thought that that was a valid reason to keep coming out of her bedroom. All right. Who had a party in the basement and you, Josie, discovered a broken rocking chair the next day? That says it was mom. Really? Yeah. That doesn't sound like her at all. Gonna have to have a talk with her about that. I don't even remember this. Who was sent home from the hospital with measles when they were supposed to have their tonsils taken out? David. That is David. So he went in to have his tonsils taken out and they sent him home with the measles, huh? <laughs> Who put their knee through the basement bedroom door? David. That says mom. Yeah, your mom did that? I guess. Yeah, she was not the, the nice little girl. Yeah, I'm learning a lot about you, mom, if you're listening to this. Who had a rabbit named Sparkle Farkle? Chris. No, that was Mom. I know that story. Sparkle Farkle. Because, uh, yeah, Mom and Dad have shared that one with me before. <laughs> Who dropped baby Jesus on the way to the altar during Christmas Midnight Mass? Oh, I don't know that. That says Blaine. Blaine dropped the baby Jesus. Who was told by their siblings that they were adopted? It says Chris, so that means that my mom and Dave told Chris he was adopted? Because I don't see Blaine telling him that. Maybe Blaine yeah. maybe wasn't even born then. Probably not. Who broke the same leg twice in a row? Thief. That was my mom, you're right. Who swallowed a button? Oh. Mm. That says Dave did. Who called the operator for a phone number because they could not spell their name? <laughs> that says Blaine. So he was trying to call somebody and was he trying to call home and he couldn't read in the phone book? I'm not sure. Who never cried when they got hurt? David. David. That's correct. Dave was a tough guy, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Who rode a bike down Woodland Hill, crashed, and slid on their face? Oof. Is that Chris? That's Chris. Is Woodland Hill, is that the hill next to your house? The same hill I was just talking about? No, the Woodland Hill. No, it's the one that goes up to the cemetery. Oh, so we went down the other one. The other side yeah. is the one that I went down with Logan. But it's just as steep. 
Yeah. But when, yeah, yeah, there's a cemetery on the top, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who worked at Northland Beverages? Well, Steve did from when David. Yep, it says both David and Mom did. Who took a bag lunch for a picnic at the cemetery because it was so quiet there? Oh, I don't know. That says Blaine did. How about this one? Do you remember which one of your children weighed the most at birth? Who was your biggest baby? It's David. It was David. He was it the says, longest, too. It says 8 pounds, 5 ounces. And he was 22, at 22 inch, I think. He was pretty tall. Blaine was the smallest. No. Maybe your mom was. I can't remember. All right. Who found an injured mouse and kept it in the porch? I don't know. It says David did. He's always in trouble doing something he's not supposed to do. Here's another one with uh, having babies. Who was born after a bad storm had broken the windows in the delivery room? Had to be Chris. It says mom. Really? Yeah. That was in Belgium. She was oh, yeah, she was born in Belgium. She was born in Belgium, so I, I now, now that you say that, say, yeah, I remember that. Uh, who wore braces? It says Blaine did. Blaine wore braces? Yeah. Oh. Okay, here's a good one, and I think I remember hearing this story before. Who gave a false name when caught on top of the Skyline Water Tower? David. That's right, David. Who collects matchbooks? Blaine. That's Blaine. did Papa always ask, do you want to get me? I don't know. It says Blaine. I don't know the story behind that one. Who had red hair when they were born? Chris. Chris. That's right. first walked at 16 months? Fifi. That's right. Mom, it says. She took a while to get there. Okay, then here's another one. Who stood at seven months and took their first steps at nine months? David. That's right. David did. cut the electrical cord to the freezer while it was plugged in. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. That was David as well. He was always doing things mischief. Who has an artificial dimple from running into a drawer knob? 
that's his mom. Who used two popsicle sticks as splints for a bunny's broken leg? David. That was David. Open the drawers to climb up the chest of drawers using them as stairs, only to have it fall over on him. Chris. That says Dave. Yeah. yeah. Who fell off the bed and broke their collarbone? That says Blaine. Who chased girls with snakes? David. <laughs> Who was born in Belgium? That's an easy one. Beefy. Yeah, mom. Do you know why she's called Fifi? Um, because it means little girl, right? In French. French, yes. That's right. Who used an outhouse until they were 13 years old? This is one of the in-laws. Diane? No, that was my dad. That's all the questions we got through. Again, we didn't read all of them, but most of them. Um, we're going to stop it at this point. Last question for the podcast. I just want to ask you if you know how much I love you. I do. Well, I'm glad that you do, because oh, I do. And I thank I, you for sitting down and doing this with me. I, I don't think there's any other grandchildren that, that don't like me. No, we all love you. Well, quite a few, 18. That's right. But the, the, the last one is going to college now. Yeah, that's right. Tammy. Um, yeah, that's the way it goes. This is life. This is life. Well, you've made a hell of a life for yourself, if I can Yeah, when I think of it, you know, gee. I did a lot of things in my years.